Welcome back to the Andrew Curtis Show. New episode time. Um, you know, it's funny. I have these conversations with people and I really enjoy them. And then I go to record this kind of intro stab thing afterwards. And I'm like, uh, what do you say? Uh, even I, at this moment, am struggling to find the words. Nevertheless, here we go. That's how you pad 30 seconds with just nothing, by the way. Uh, interesting le- learning lesson for me with this one. Um, when I started doing this podcast, uh, it was more, what would I want to listen to? I didn't really have too much of a rock solid picture of the brand I was looking to create and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I think there's some value to that. But equally, for me, I felt like the secret would be to be as integral to myself and what I'm interested in as I can be. And if there's a market for it and people like listening to it, then, well, it's going to be fun and interesting for me to keep doing it and if it turns out people aren't interested well hey that's fine uh, at least then I know and I can look to shape it um, shape what I do in another direction all to say it's been received pretty well and I learned something myself after this most recent interview um, about the kind of people that I'm finding myself speaking to more often and seeking out and that is this whole idea of either growth and, and being transformational uh, how do you help people change and grow and develop Um, I've always known that was a a passion of mine, but to see that coming out now in the different conversations that I've had, how people have gone through a change experience or helped others navigate um, growth, development, transformation in their own lives um, was just kind of one of those moments, I guess, insight moments that I had after recording this most recent interview, which was with one of my favorite people in the world. Yvonne Godfrey uh, is an absolute legend. I want to be like her when I grow up. Uh, She has been very successful in business in her life, but in uh, the last few years in particular has devoted herself in in a way that, um, you know, when people say they've thrown themselves into something, uh, often it can just mean, you know, they, you know, they throw themselves into going to the gym. So they go to the gym a few times a week or they have a new hobby or something. But Yvonne has committed herself to um, this cause of helping young people navigate this brave new world that we live in in such a way that I find really inspiring. So she's got a new book on the way, and I saw it as a perfect excuse to catch up with her and just talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, And in this one in particular, I quite happily just sat and listened. Um, I learned a huge amount out of what Yvonne had to say. And in fact, even realized too, um, sure, she talks particularly about young adults. um, But look, there was stuff that I realized even for myself as a quote-unquote grown-up that, wow, there's still different areas in my own life where maybe the penny hasn't completely dropped or I've got a lot to learn. So um, particularly if you do have a young adult uh, in your family or you are a young adult yourself, um, you'll get a lot out of what Yvonne has to say directly. Um, But there is so much worth and value in what she talks about um yeah struggling to find the words again so ladies and gentlemen without further ado Yvonne Godfrey well Yvonne thank you for having me in your home thank you for coming Andrew it's lovely to have you here yeah yeah I'm really looking forward to this because you've got a book on the way um which is about helping young people make it in the real world and it's your second book um third book third book in Mm -hmm, fact mm -hmm. ah yes it is too Mm -hmm. yeah Second, uh, second book in the space. Yes, on, um, on helping young people. Yes. But this is something you've really devoted, really given yourself to. Um, so how, how long have you been, I guess, in the space now of um, providing this advice and support for young people? Since about 2008. Okay. So about 2008, I had a real experience with a young person that was life-changing for her, but also for me, mm-hmm. uh, wherein I helped her really transition from youth to adult And it was, and I didn't expect it to happen. It was just one of those things, will you help me? Mm. I worked with her for 10 weeks. And at the end of that time, her life was transformed. Wow. So uh, given another couple of weeks of working through some things at work, it was 90 days from start to finish that Mm -hmm. we were able to create that transformation. And that was the first insight I got, Mm. that young people could make a fast track Mm. into the adult world. They didn't have to waste years wandering around in the abyss trying mm. to find themselves. In fact, they didn't have to get lost in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was the beginning. That was the catalyst, really, that got me thinking about youth in a much more definitive way. And I thought, there's got to be a way I can help more than just this girl. Yeah, because that idea, too, about it being something that can happen relatively quickly. Mm. Um, when you consider, again, we look at the issues of young people in our society and people saying, oh, well, that's going to take years and years and years. Um, but you specifically look for a way to say, well, does that have to be true? And is there another way of 
journeying us. Mm. And I think it's a two a two pronged attack. One of them, one of it is just to make a decision to step up. Okay. So when when anybody makes a decision to step into that bigger world, mm-hmm. okay, what have I got to do to change my space? That's a dramatic thing to happen in anyone's life because it shifts everything. It shifts the willingness to learn. Mm. It shifts the willingness to risk. It shifts the willingness to apply what they learn. Mm. And so that's the second part. You've got to know what to do. Mm. And yeah. so with equipping these young people with all the skills that they're not learning at school uh, yeah. to help them to move into that adult space, plus a change of heart on their part, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be a very long process. And I'll tell you, there's another one too. There's mm. a third aspect to that. Yeah, When young people, because I work in the space of 16 to 24-year-olds, mm. And so a lot of, if not most, if not nearly all of them are still at home. Mm-hmm. Then what we're also doing is shifting the mental space of the parent. Right. Because they've got to create an environment that allows this person to move into a bigger space. Wow. Otherwise, yeah. they just hold them there. Mm. My little girl, you know, when I've just had a father that calls his little, little girl, his, yeah. his 19-year-old girl, prin- <laughs> princess. Right. So one of the things we did to help change that was to change his, the way he speaks to her. Okay. Because by calling her princess in a way that made her feel small and mm. precious and unable to be independent, he mm. was keeping her there. He didn't realize that that was one way of keeping her a child. Yeah. Gosh, there's so, so yeah, much to that. Yeah. So it's, it's for the parents that step aside and for the young people that step up. Mm. And of course, the, the question is who goes first? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The one who's the hungriest. Right, so it can be either. It can be either. I can be working with parents who are saying, look, I've just got, this kid's just failing to launch, right? Uh I say, okay, so what what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And they'll tell me and I go, all right, okay. Are you prepared to change the way you're doing things? Sure. Yeah, yeah, all right. That's my uh, first book in the space, which is Parenting Adults. Uh How to set up your young adult for independence and success in life. Okay. So they've got that book. They've got also a video if they want it. Mm. They then say, you know what? I have been micromanaging and under-expecting. Stop micromanaging. Stop doing everything for them. Stop making their decisions for them. Stop speaking for them. Mm. Stop making excuses for them. Stop taking on their responsibilities. Right. And let them flourish. So where does that kind of behavior come from then from parents? Have you... It's a, it's a lack of parenting skills. Uh-huh. It's a lack of confidence in their own parenting ability or their own leadership ability. Mm. You'll find this in leadership anywhere, wherever someone's being micromanaged. Uh-huh. Then it's the leader's lack of confidence in their own ability to equip wow. that person to release them. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So um, um, my whole... I love that insight. Sorry, do, I'm going to well, just turn it over Well, do you know what? While. My yeah. whole heart is to see parents and young people increase their confidence. Right. Because wherever you are in life, whenever you're facing change, which the parents are too. Yes. Because those young people are about to potentially leave home and leave them. Mm. And for some some people, particularly mothers, their their kids are by default their social life and their friends. Right. Particularly if they're a single person uh-huh. or their marriage is not working for them. I see. So if we're asking the parent to say, hey, have confidence, they'll be okay. Sure. That means the parent in some ways has got to change their life. Now, it should be a joyous thing. Yeah. Bye, honey. Do, <laughs> do good love. Knock them dead. Yeah, knock them dead. <laughs> but we don't, want, we don't want young people leaving home with their middle finger in the air. Yeah, right. We don't want parents that kicking their kids That gesture is wasted out. on a podcast, by the way. Well, I've got my finger right in front of this. That's, what, that's why I described it. Middle, middle finger in the air. I wasn't doing it. What, one of my, one I wasn't of my doing it people in the world. to you. I was, I was doing it with you. Yes. No, yes. I'm feeling that. Sorry. You're feeling on. it. I feel like, so yeah. we don't want kids leaving home with them with their middle finger yeah. finger in the air saying, "We'll yes. stuff you." Yes. We don't want them being kicked out. Right. We want parents to release their young people into their future. Yeah. And literally, just, mm. just. Give them that confidence. It's it's going to be great. Your life's going to be great. My life's going to be great. Our life is still going to be great. Yes. Because when you come home now, it'll be an occasion to be celebrated. Yeah. Rather than the parent possibly having a negative uh, right. attack yeah. on, huh? Here you are again, and and your room's still a pigsty. Mm. That, that all that tension goes. Mm. And it's the most remarkable relationship that young people can have with their parents when they become independent. It's fabulous. Yeah. I mean, th- there sounds like a huge amount of complexity in, in unpacking something like that, though. So where do you start when you're having that either discussion with the parent or the child to, to figure out 
where they're at to understand where okay. they need to get to where they need to be. So we've got the program as well, the mm -hmm. MIOMO program. MIOMO, mm -hmm. just an acronym for making it on my own. Yes. That goes from 16 to 24. It's four days, life skills and leadership, mm. teaching everything they're not learning at school. So right. it's how to live independently, mm. how to move their mindset from parent-child to adult to young adult. Right. So if we can move, shift, start to shift the perspective of what we what we've got here. In doing that, we want our young people to start to take responsibility at home, almost like they're flatting with their parents okay. for the last year or two that they're home. Okay. It's a perfect opportunity to have yeah. a practice run at flatting. The stakes are low. Right. Financially, they're low because they may not be paying any board if they're doing university and parents are, mm -hmm. are happy to cover it. Or sure. they may have a job that's probably entry-level income. Uh -huh. So they're paying, uh, my recommendation is 25 to 30% of their take-home pay okay. and board. Okay. And that is significantly less than flatting. Yeah, right. We're talking $150 <laughs> instead of $300. Yeah, right. Yep. It's $300 minimum to go flatting, isn't mm -hmm. it? I mean, mm -hmm. you're just not yeah. going to flat for less than $300, $350. Sure. So let's take the opportunity where we've got a, a young adult still at home, to then move into this more of a flatmate arrangement. It doesn't reduce the respect or the honor to the parent. Yeah. It does change the load of the responsibility of running the home. Mm. Because my criteria for being an adult is you're an adult. You know, that's a good question, isn't it? When mm. are you an adult? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got 40 year olds not qualifying. No, <laughs> <laughs> is when you can take care of yourself financially, Yes. pay your own bills, pay your way, uh -huh. physically, you yeah. can look after your body mm. and you can run a household. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, emotionally, that yeah. you can be emotionally stable, which means safe, yeah. and emotionally fit, which means growing. Now, they're the three things that I work on. So in the Miomai program, we deal with all of that, how to live optimally, how to achieve goals, how to manage yourself, time, space, energy, yeah. how to master money, mm. how to become work ready. So that's having a great CV that lasts longer than seven seconds in front of somebody's eyes mm -hmm. how to interview well to express who you are and what you know and what you can bring to the table uh, then how to build healthy relationships and resolve conflict mm. this is a big one for young people today they don't know especially uh, in the say it's just young people well it's, it's the world of social media that's made it worse tell me more about because that because we are not having face-to-face uh, skin to skin, yeah. eye to eye, uh -huh. ear to ear. You know, we're not actually communicating enough in mm. the real sense. So mm. a lot of it's done impulsively. Yes. Through Facebook messaging or whatever other form of messaging you use, texting, uh, and and it's reactionary. Yeah. So you'll get into you'll get into a communication that's misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Next thing, you're on Facebook creating allies. Then mm. people create gangs. On social media, where yeah, yeah, yeah well, uh, I don't like Andrew, Andrew, so I decide to uh, defame you in a very gentle way. Uh huh. Just a snide comment. Right. But everybody gets to read it. Uh huh. Okay. Everybody gets to tune in on it. Yeah. And so that fuels the fire, mm. and fans the flame. Mm. So we deal a lot in relationships, uh, how to build healthy relationships, how to layer relationships, meaning how can you become a friend with someone before you actually become romantically involved, mm. why is that a good idea? Mm. Why is it a good idea to test to see if you're actually compatible on levels other than sexually? Yeah. Because it means that as soon as you become intimate, the emotional growth in your relationship usually slows down or stalls or can actually stop. And therefore, once the sex has run its course, there's nothing to fall back on. And we've got this two-year cycle, max two-year cycle of people being intensely involved, uh, overcommitting, giving too much, giving it all, and then having these sad breakups. Can we speak more on that? Because as, as you're telling that story, I mean, I can see oh, the whole, you know, original intent was to talk about the young adult side of things. Yeah. But obviously that relationship dynamic yeah. is, I mean... It's almost like you know the kind of frog in hot water, right? That's just the way things are for so many people. So, how how do you approach that? What be, would be some of the the things that you would say about um, setting up a relationship for success that perhaps okay. people are not applying now? I think you've got to decide whether you are looking for a long term partner or whether you're looking for entertainment. Okay. Because that you know start with the end in mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what yeah. do you want from a relationship? Yeah. Is it just to have some casual sex and see where it ends up? Yeah. Or do you want to build a meaningful, 
intimate relationship with someone that's not just physical intimacy but emotional intimacy sure. that has the potential to lead you to a lifetime partner yeah because if you start with that in mind then mm. you'll understand that you've only got so much love in you without getting emotionally burnt up and romantically spent yeah okay uh -huh. so if you approach each relationship with a cavalier style just uh, who knows where it might go right you'll find that you'll just churn through the numbers mm. Mm. And unfortunately, that leaves uh, leaves leaves a mark. Yeah. And of course, potentially uh, disease. <laughs> yeah. And potentially cervical cancer. Yeah. As you get the if you get HPV, human papilloma virus, which mm. is from multiple partners. Mm. So it's and I'm not trying to, to shock, but I am trying to say be aware. Yeah. All relationships come at a cost to mm. someone. So you've got to be gentle about it, be thoughtful about it. What do I want to get used up? I'm dealing with young women in their 20s now mm. who are so romantically worn out. Yeah. They're frightened to go into another relationship because won't it be just the same? Yeah, well, it mm. will, honey, if you keep going at it the same way. Mm. So giving all too quickly, treating your boyfriend like a husband, mm. <laughs> moving in, cooking for him, becoming his mother, uh, <laughs> No kidding. Yeah. And you know how I know all this? Because all I did it at, oh. se at 17. Okay. Yeah. So I left New Zealand at 17, 60 bucks in my pocket, went to Australia, and within 10 days I was living with someone. Wow. And of course that, that uh, burnt itself out within nine months. Uh-huh. And then I was single for four days. Go me. Four days? Yeah, with such time to recover. <laughs> You're a resilient young thing. Oh, four days. <laughs> and then I met another guy yeah and uh, within 11 months I was married to him wow how about that that is that is that is impressive speed it is impressive speed you know I, I, I was I didn't know where I was going but gee I was making good time <laughs> <laughs> well within I love that within within 18 months we were separated uh -huh. for three months okay but course the good news and the end of the story is we're now in our 43rd year of marriage bravo yeah that's cool and so I learned I had to learn after I got married mm. what made a relationship last the distance so which what, is pretty big risk don't you think oh massive massive yeah. risk and, and again you know a lot of people who embark on that learning after yeah. the fact don't yeah. succeed in that journey so for you then what do you think it was that enabled you to learn as you went um, after that fact, because I know, again, for those who are listening, ideally we want to set ourselves up for a win from the ground up. But when you found yourself suddenly, well, I've committed to a certain um, process in my life. It mm. could be career, could be relational, whatever. Um, what do you think it was for you that meant you were able to learn and, and develop through that in a way that okay. led to a more well, positive outcome? Well, it's the same as what I said about how young people move into that bigger space. First, you make a decision mm. that that's what you want. Mm. You don't always even have to know how you're going to get there. Okay. Because I certainly, all I knew was I didn't want to be a divorced woman. Mm. I, I didn't want to have to go around that mountain again because I somehow knew that I would. Right. I somehow knew that if I didn't learn how to build this relationship, mm. because of course my husband, you know him, he's, mm. he's the gem of all gems. Mm. He is I'd marry him. You'd marry him. Yeah. Well, most people would, so I have to make sure I outlive him. <laughs> Otherwise, I know he'll, that silver fox will be married within <laughs> minutes. won't even be cold in the ground. I won't even be cold in the, in the furnace. <laughs> I'm, I'm going that way. And maybe I won't, because that's cheaper and there'll be more money for that other woman. No, yeah, maybe. That's true. Mm. That's right. Long game. Super long game. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the first thing is to make a decision. What do you want? Yeah. Optimally speaking, what do you want? You don't always have to know how you're going to do that, but it has to come from a heart decision. Yeah. The second part of that decision is I'm going to have to change. Wow, yeah. Uh, I kept thinking, why can't he change? Why do I always have to be the one doing the changing? And then I thought to myself, actually, I don't think you're doing much changing at all, Yvonne. Yeah. No, you're not. You're not. But I was hurt. I'd come from a place of real hurt. Yeah. My, my teenage years were a blur. Yeah. My parents divorced when I was 10. I went with my father and my brother uh, milking cows. Mm -hmm. Had no mother influence really in my mm. life after that. Yeah. So I was hurting. Yeah, mm. I, financially, I was smart. Physically, I could, I could run a household from the age of 12. But emotionally, you could have driven a truck through my heart. Yeah. 
So that made me vulnerable and I realized that I had to fix that vulnerability. Not so much fix it, but find a bigger meaning. Mm. And I had actually uh, become a Christian when I was 16 out of absolute desperation for help, which is in, as my story is in the front of my new book. Mm. I thought, nobody wants to read an introduction. I'll just throw my story in there. Yeah, great. But when I went to Australia, I, I put God on the back burner big time and mm. did my own thing because I couldn't see God, but I could see this gorgeous six foot three blonde guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, when totally. I was 17, I'm going, sure. hmm, there, and I know God's there, but I just can't see him right now and I need a good hug. Yeah. And literally, that's, that's the problem. Mm. So I realized that I, I needed to get a bigger picture of life, of marriage, of everything than I was able to see. Yeah. And that brought me back to God. Yeah. And at the same time, because Christ Simon wasn't a Christian, in yeah. fact, he thought, what's this Christian thing? I didn't marry into this. Yeah. And But he was so desperate for our marriage to work. Yeah. We decided to build a marriage based on, on godly principles. And that is what helped us. But you see, the second part of that, the first is the decision. The second is getting equipped. Yeah. The extra element in there is time and application. Yeah. It just takes time, and it took us years to recover, mm. really. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it didn't take us years to decide that we'd stay together. Yeah. That was done. Okay. There was no plan B. Okay. But the actual working out of living together optimally and enjoying each other and so on took years of living a different way. Mm. Somebody said to me the other day, a young person, I was uh, speaking at a youth event, and uh, someone said, so when's the right time to get married? Mm. And I said, when you found the person that you're willing to leave the single life for. Cool. And I think that's, it's a good it's way, a way of putting it. Yeah, because yeah. you are going to have to compromise. Yeah. You are going to have to understand that a marriage is, is two people. It's not just two individuals getting their needs met. Mm. It's, the, it's the bringing together of the two. It's a, mm. new, it's a new identity. It's a new entity. So that, getting back to what we teach on Miomo, the, the relationships part is probably my most favorite presentation. Yeah. It drains me because I am aware that I'm in a room. When I say it drains me, it doesn't drain me in a negative way. Uh -huh. I give it everything I've got. Right. Because I understand that I've got 20 young people approximately in this room who in some way, uh, a good number of them are hurting. Yeah. Or, or wondering. Yeah. struggling how do I go about this mm. so we teach all that then we teach character building mm. because my premise for helping this next generation come through is I want to raise up a generation of young people who are competitive they know how to strut their stuff they yeah. know how to how to bring value to the table and get chosen but on the other hand they have to have good character yeah for them so that they can be proud of the young man or the young woman that they are becoming and that way, they've got that holistic approach to their future. They don't become bent out of shape academically. I've got some families that, particularly young um, men who are doing international baccalaureate at schools, who are just, they're freaking out like crazy about the results. Okay. And yes, it does take extra attention, and yes, we do need to pass, but we need to become young men and women that we can we can live with, that we can be proud of, that yeah. we can we can add to life, not just get into Harvard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I say, look, if if you're competitive but you haven't got good character, then you do risk becoming a con man or a con woman, <laughs> because you're yeah. you're you, if you're just competitive, you you can fall into the trap of doing anything to get where you want to go. Yeah. On the other hand, if you've got great character but you're not competitive, well, yeah. there's a saying: nice guys finish last. Right. So we don't want that either. Sure. And it's about really young people gaining the confidence and the skills and the capabilities to absolutely embrace their future with excitement. Yeah. And I'm hoping that the more young people we can equip with these sorts of thinking strategies and actual hard skills that they can use, that we will literally influence this generation. Yeah. So that's my... That's what fires me up, gets me out of bed every day. Yeah, you seem to live it as naturally as breathing. Yes, I seem to have an affinity with this age group. Yeah. Uh, and, and equally so with their parents, because I understand my, my girls are 36 and 33. Uh -huh. uh, so we've been right through that. Yeah. Uh, and they're now, of course, married with children. And, and so I can look in somewhat objectively yeah. because I'm not in there anymore, but I've mm. been there. Mm. So there's enough of me that has empathy. Mm. I understand. 
but there's enough of me outside of the circle now mm. to be able to look in and say it's going to be okay. So tell me more then about the journey of, you mentioned you had that, uh, that conversation where you suddenly realized, wait a minute, I've got a real opportunity mm. to add value to lives here. And that led to the creation of the Miomo program. So tell me about that process. How did that unfold? Yes. So let me tell you what the trigger was for that young woman, because this is mind blowing. Okay. I worked with her for 10 weeks, once a week for about 90 minutes. And during that process, I shared with her everything that's now on the Miomo program. It was in my head then. I was pulling it out weekly. So what do we need this week? What do we need this week? At the end of 10 weeks, uh, let me just reframe it up. She was living in Ponsonby on, but earning the minimum wage. And that's mm. an oxymoron. Mm. Yeah. You can't live in Ponsonby on the minimum <laughs> wage. Yeah. Uh, so she had one foot in the city and one hand in dad's pocket. Right. Straddling two worlds. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the 10 weeks, uh, we had helped her to change her eating habits. Did you know habits. it was going to be 10 weeks? By no. The oh, yes, I did. I did. I did program it for 10 weeks. Okay. All right. Uh, her eating was hopeless. She yeah. didn't know how to cook. She didn't know how to be a good flatmate. Mm. She was consuming too much alcohol. Okay. Uh, she was had broken, had fallen out with a really good friend, a girlfriend that she had had since she was four years old. Mm-hmm. She was 21. And her boyfriend that she tried to break up with kept harassing her, and she didn't know how to say no. Mm. So she felt completely entrapped by this guy. And that's a pretty common experience. Yeah, it is. It is. It can be. Yeah. Um, so we just went, all, we did everything you can think of. I even had my personal trainer work with her. Okay. She lost four kilos. She learned how to shop on a budget to cook and to clean and to do all of those things. But at the end of the 10 weeks, I said to her, you know, there's, we've done everything except you still can't pay your own way. Yeah. And I have this saying, whoever pays your way influences or controls your life. Yeah. I said, you need more money. Yeah. Do you want to get a new job or do you want to ask for a pay rise? Yeah. She said, I love my job. I said, great, let's get you a pay rise. Told her what to say. You'll be everybody's best friend by the end oh, of this. I know. <laughs> Listen up, people. I've got the answer for you. So she went into her boss, made an appointment. She sat across from the table and she said, I believe I bring good value to this business and smiled. And the boss was completely taken aback <laughs> because she was a good worker. Yeah. She had great work ethic. Okay. I can't be bothered with people who can't work. Yeah. Right. So don't come to me if you haven't got a work ethic. You need that first. And the boss said, oh, oh, yeah, you're amazing. You're fantastic. We love having you. Blah, blah, blah. And when this woman had finished frothing at the mouth <laughs> with how fabulous she was, my little friend said, thank you. And I'd like to be paid accordingly. And she didn't say anything more. I said, you do not speak after that. She zipped, uh, she zipped her lip and yeah. the pregnant silence, of course. <laughs> and, the woman, and, and the woman, of course, was compelled then yes. to, to give her a rise. But guess how much she got? 70%. Now, she went from $22,000 to $38,000, something like that. She was on the minimum wage, and this is back in 2008. Uh-huh. Why did she get that pay rise? Because she asked for it. Why did she ask for it? How, what gave her the guts to ask for it? Oh, right. I mean, I prompted her, mm. but what gave her the courage to ask for it? And here's the answer. When she came to me, she was thinking, speaking, and acting as a child, and hence the world treated her as a child. Wow. And children are on minimum wage. Wow. When she finished the 10 weeks, she was thinking, speaking, and acting as a young adult. Mm who had good skills and an excellent work ethic. Of course, she went from $22,000 to $38,000 because that's what she was worth. When we don't speak and act according to where we should be, it's because our thinking's wrong. Yeah. So we've got to address the thinking. We've got to increase the confidence. We've got to increase the understanding of who we are and what we have to offer and to honor that. And that's why we do character building mm. in the program. Mm. Because we want you to become young men and women who can be proud of yourselves, right? Mm. And that was such a key. I went away from that. That was the 90 days. So she did 10 weeks with me. Two weeks later, she got that appointment. Okay. And I thought, whoa, I have to do something with this. But mm. I sat on it for a long time because I didn't quite know how to package it. Sure. Who would be the target market? How would we do this? What would happen? I, I already had my own business. I didn't need another business. Yeah. But I was in Moscow in uh, June 2009 with uh -huh. my husband Simon speaking at a conference. We were uh, addressing 5,000 small business leaders. Uh -huh. 
I spoke five times that weekend and on the last talk on the Sunday morning, I decided to tell that story with a little bit more flesh around it mm -hmm. so people could get the background, just like I've told it to you. At the end of the talk, which was the end of the conference, the people went ballistic. <laughs> I had all these huge big Russian men coming to me with tears in their eyes saying, please, wow. when will you bring this program to Russia? We don't know how to raise our children. Whoa. for a competitive world. Whoa. They were born into communism. Their yeah. children were born around 89 yeah. when the wall fell. Yeah. And now those young people were 18, 19, 20, and they did not know how to equip them. Yeah. And I was blown away. I was emotionally drained after speaking five times over the weekend and being translated means you're speaking for double the time. Oh, sure. I went back to the hotel and I said to Simon, because I was talking about it, you see, I was talking about, wouldn't it be great if we had a program that we could, <laughs> and they said, you need to bring this program to Russia. Yeah. So I, I went back to the hotel and the next day I said to Simon, listen, we were going the following weekend up to Novosibirsk in Siberia mm -hmm. to do another conference exactly the same for 4,000 people. I would like to ask you if I, because Simon and I were in business together, had mm -hmm. been for over 30 years. Yeah. If, if I do that talk again, and I get the same response. Will you release me from our business to start something for the young people? Mm. And he said, yes. And that was huge because I was the front person in our business, okay. which meant that put a lot more pressure on Simon. Mm. It, 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 it meant some big changes. Yeah. So that week, it I just- It speaks a lot to your relationship dynamic too, by the way. I, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. We've become a pretty good team. Yeah. 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 So that week I started to think about what, what if I, what if I do do this? What would it look like? Yeah. And I started to do some jotting and mind mapping and so on. The following weekend in Novosibirsk, I was getting ready in, in the bathroom, just putting on my makeup. And in the background, I could hear CNN on, uh, going in the, in the lounge room in, mm. this, in this hotel. And I heard the announcement. It was the 26th of June, 2009. And Michael Jackson died. Right. I burst into tears. Two reasons. One is I loved his music, yeah. but secondly, I knew it was a sign. Oh. I knew it was a very clear sign because I'd been praying about it. Yeah. And it was God saying to me, he never grew up. Right. Yeah. Michael Jackson never became an adult. Sure. He was stuck in the twilight zone between child and adult. Yeah. He was always an adolescent. Mm. And mm. for all his fame, for all his talent, for all his money, for all his power, for all his fans, for all his opportunities. Yeah. He couldn't cross the line. Yeah. And it eventually killed him. Yeah. And I knew that was my sign. That day, I gave that talk again to 4,000 people like a woman possessed. You should have seen me. <laughs> I was on fire. <laughs> when are you not even? Well, I was just on fire on fire that day. Yeah. And I, when I finished the talk, of course, I got the same response. And I came off stage and the organizers uh, saw what had happened. And they mm. said, wow, will you come back next year? Mm. And I said, no. <laughs> I love it. I said, I'm sorry, that's it. I've just walked off an international stage for the for the last time in yeah. that in that capacity. Yeah. And apart from uh, some engagements in Australia and Fiji, I have not spoken internationally since. Mm. That was 26th of June 2009, and mm. we started the Miomo program on the 23rd of November 2009. Yeah. So in those few months, we put together this program that has transformed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young lives. Mm. And it was just amazing. We ran the program at that time as a live-in program mm. for uh, 10, we eventually got it down to 10 days mm -hmm. with 12 young people at a time. And then I was taking at-risk youth. Mm -hmm. We were a charitable trust. I was mm -hmm. getting funding, which meant at-risk youth mm. because they don't give oh, you funding right. for good kids. <laughs> yeah, they sure. give you funding for kids that are really struggling. Yeah. Uh, and so that was okay, except uh, I was getting increasingly uncomfortable with that okay. because I had stunning young people yeah. and then at-risk kids. Yeah, right. The mix sometimes was challenging. Sure. Uh, we managed it, uh, no, no question. We had an amazing time. Um, it was fantastic. But by the time I did the last program in 2000, um, when was it, 12? Yeah. I had 12 young people on the program and seven of them were at risk and they all came from the one city and they all knew each other. <laughs> we're, right. talking, we're talking about a potential gang. Yeah, sure. And I, 
I worked like I've never worked. And it, it, went, it went super well, just because mm. I'm good at what I do. Because mm-hmm. uh, in the interim, you know, I'd done the world's strictest parents the year before. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I know how to handle stroppy kids. There's no, no problem there, except that it was draining. And not where I'm at. I'm more about good to great. Yeah, sure. I love taking young people with learning disabilities, mm-hmm. but not serious attitude or addictions or mm. mentally uh, unstable because they're not being treated. And yeah. you know, we're really getting on the fringe there. It's Got difficult. Yeah, difficult. Mm-hmm. The end of that program, uh, I was exhausted, absolutely mm. exhausted. And I thought, I need to change the model. Mm. I need some time off. I need to think. And three weeks later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. So that was a uh, definitive time. Mm. That, that, that actually defined everything because I couldn't do myomo then. Mm. I had to take some serious time to get well, yeah. which I did. Yeah. And when I got well, I woke up one day and I thought, you know what? I've left those parents with nothing because it became more and more obvious to me as time went by. I could stand on my head i could have those kids for three months yeah it wouldn't matter how long i had them Mm. if they went back to the same environment my good work would be largely undone within a a period of one to three weeks Mm. so that's when i wrote this book parenting adults Mm. and i had no intention of building myomo again Mm -hmm. but i did start speaking at schools and the book was selling like crazy and the parents were saying to me we love your book because the book is really just, um, if I was never going to do Miyomo again, the parents could take the principles from the sure. book and teach it to their kids themselves. Okay. Um, obviously not as well, because we have a range of presenters who are skilled and experts in their space, but yeah. enough enough to give them a good start. And so eventually they harassed me enough, and a school came to me directly and said, please, would you start Miyomo again? Okay. And I said, yeah, it's time, but this uh-huh. time I'll do it differently. Yeah. I'll only do it four days and lay a really, really good foundation. Uh-huh. I took the best of the best of the best of what we were doing before and said, what can we not live without? Mm-hmm. And I put it together in a very visual manual mm-hmm. so that the anybody with a learning disability, doesn't matter whether it's dyslexia, dys, any, any disses, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, yeah. or autism or Asperger's or yeah. anything like that, or ADHD, anything, that they would be captivated by the visual content, yeah. by the fact that we're just filling in missing words, mm-hmm. using your highlighting pen here, discuss this, let's write a little 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 tiny thing about that but mm-hmm. essentially that they wouldn't be replicating school mm. that that had to be something that was more exciting than school yeah because we run at the school holidays yeah and that's when we started the four-day program and yeah. i added to it a an hour-long video for the parents mm-hmm. plus the book for uh the parents and now we're summarizing the whole program into the new book yeah for the uh, students or for anyone who wants to buy it, so hopefully be available in the shops called Making It On My Own. Yeah. 52 smart ways to smash it in the real world. And these are the 52 principles that we teach on the program. Okay. And very short 500 word chapters. That means it's a two minute read. Mm. Mm. Um, really catchy titles to the chapters. Uh, so give, me, have, give me some examples, Yvonne. Uh, give, give, give me, give me, me some a, examples. Give me maybe um, your top sets, five. Okay, secrets to making money your servant but never your master. How to leave home so your family will miss you. Why habits are for lazy but smart people. Right. Clever ways to set boundaries so no one can take advantage of you. How to stay out of trouble and why nothing good happens after midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. 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 Because before midnight, all the eating, drinking, dancing, storytelling has been done. After that, we've just got bored, intoxicated people looking for trouble, right? (laughs) And if you don't believe me, look at the stats. Oh, no. It all happens when the sun goes down Mm -hmm. really late. Uh, Become the friend, flatmate or partner you want to have. The right way to end a bad relationship. How Mm -hmm. to think, speak and act so you can nail the opportunities you want. And how not to let success go to your head or Mm -hmm. failure to your heart. Mm. So that's just capturing the bullets off the back of it. I mean, it's 52 snazzy Mm. titles like that. And, so so yeah. how do we turn this from something that's really useful information into something that is actually a life-changing moment? What's the key that you've, you've identified that can stop? Again, you could read a book and go, okay, these are great points. Mm, yeah. Well, you've, once again, the decision plus being willing to apply what you're learning. Yeah. If, you, if you're not willing to actually apply what you're learning, mm. and anybody who reads this book, will, if they take five aha moments out of that book that they're sure. actually willing to act on, that will change their life. Yeah. I mean, there are hundreds in there. Mm. But just take five. Mm. Mm. Just take five. Yeah. How about um, work, rest, play? Yeah. How about getting a handle on how to go to bed? 
Mm. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Well, most, most young people don't know how to go to bed. Okay. Well, they do with somebody else, but they don't know how to go to bed on their own. Sure. They yeah. don't know how to go to bed on the, They don't know how to estimate how much rest they need. Okay. If you have to get up at 6.30 in the morning, mm. depending on your age, but mm. most young people need eight and a half hours, if not nine hours sleep. And okay. if you're still at school, definitely nine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which means if you've got to get up at 6.30, you mm. have to be out like a light at 10 o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. Which means you've got to wind down from 9.30. Right. Which means you've got to get, you've got three hours to do your homework or to do your study or whatever it is you've got to do. Yeah. How are you going to plan those three hours to get done what has to be done as a priority? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You've got to work back from how do I want it to, to be tomorrow? Do I want to be dragging my tail feathers around at uni or school? Or, or do I actually want to wake up and be ready to rock and roll with life? Mm. If you want to be ready to go and have energy, you've got to say, well, how does that work for me? How much sleep do I need? Sure. If I'm drinking a V or an energy drink at 10 o'clock at night, is that working for me? <laughs> I've just read an absolutely fantastic book, and I'm going to create a model around it for uh, young adults. Yeah. And it, the book's called You Are What You Believe okay. by Hiram Smith. That's H-Y-R-U-M for Mary Smith. Okay. And he talks about everything we do is based on a belief window, a yeah. belief system. Definitely, right? yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and, and all of those fulfill the what he calls the four basic needs of life which is number one is to survive uh-huh it's very similar to maslow's hierarchy, <laughs> hierarchy yeah. Needs, yeah yeah uh, but number one is the the need to survive uh -huh. number two is to be loved and to love mm. number three is for importance mm. recognition and number four is for variety mm. and everything we do we create a beliefs system around i do this because mm. right? he says that's great and that's what we all do the question is, is it working for you? Mm. How do you know if your belief systems are working for you or against you? Yeah. You know how you know? That's a powerful question. Yeah. Oh, please. What is the fruit of that? Yeah. What are the outcomes of that mm. over time? Mm. Right? So yeah. you, you've got to say, uh, because a lot of the things we do that are very short-term gratifying, mm. we think we get, they're giving us results. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah but not over time. Hmm. So we have to be able to extrapolate out that result over time and say, does it work for me long term or hmm. is it just a short term hit? Hmm. Right? Yeah. So yeah. you do an all-nighter to, to do an exam sure. and it worked. Right. It worked. But, yeah. but will it work over time? Yeah, okay. Probably hmm. not. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So these are all just things that the more we know ourselves, the more we can grow ourselves. Yeah. And the, the reality of being willing to be reflective, mm. if you're reflective, if you're willing to say, actually, is this really working for me? Is my life working for me? Am mm. I, what am I doing? Who am I doing it for? Mm. Is it going in the direction I want it to? As getting back to the relationships, people staying with the wrong people for way longer than they should. Sure. Because it's too hard to leave. Yeah. It's too hard to say, hey, it's over, baby. Mm. It's too hard to, or, or we don't like being alone. Mm. Or I've already invested X time. Yes. So, yeah. And money. Yeah. And yeah. emotion. Mm. Emotion, mm. mostly. It's mm. the emotion that's invested. Mm. Um, and, oh, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. <laughs> and, right. you know, I, I don't know if I'll do very well on my own. And then I'll be easy fodder for whoever... So these are all, this is all the internal dialogue that goes on. Yeah. But if you're honest with yourself, is this relationship going somewhere or is it not? Mm. Well, not really. So why a, are we pursuing it? There's a lot of noise in our culture too, isn't it? It yeah. gets in the way of that ability to yeah. be reflective. Do you find, is that, is that part of the, um, the, the program or the advice you've been giving to people in terms of how to shut out that extra noise? What would you recommend for those people listening who need to get into that reflective space? The noise, let's start with social media mm -hmm. and let's start with too many friends on social media mm. and too little investment in the people that we should be investing in. So the noise is coming from the multitude of shallow relationships, perhaps. Is that okay. what you're meaning? Well, or do you mean yeah. from media or do you mean from well, when you speak about popular being, culture or I guess it, I guess anything could be your poison, right? Uh, when, when you speak about the ability to be be quiet and be reflective and to ask yourself those questions. Um, I guess to connect with that, the point you've made earlier, something is stopping people, and it could be unique to each individual, stopping people from letting themselves be in a place where they stop and go, okay, hang on a minute, 
let's really think about where I'm at, mm. where I'm going, where I want to be. Um, it's not, it's not something I see practiced by a lot of people regularly. No. Well, because they don't like being alone. Mm. And they don't like being without their headphones. Mm. And they don't like being without their gaming. And they don't like being without their Facebook or whatever it is that is absorbing uh, their attention mm. and deflecting it from the things that matter. Mm. It's very easy to live in a shallow, superficial world. Mm. I've got an addiction with solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> so Nobody it, is perfect after all. <laughs> uh, Whenever I get into a situation, I think, oh, I know I need to do that, but I'll just have a game. I'll just play solitaire until I win. Oh, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> that, that's my criteria. I'll uh -huh. just play solitaire until I win, and uh -huh. then I'll go and do that thing. Sure. And sometimes it works well, because it allows me just to just to switch off from, from reflecting on the problem and then go, okay, let's look at it freshly. But, but it is a tactic of avoidance. Mm. Mm. And, and how many avoidance tactics do we have sure. in our lives? Yeah. Avoiding the truth. Mm. Avoiding that truthful conversation with somebody, mm. uh, avoiding dealing with something, you know, even avoiding getting on the scales in the morning. Uh, <laughs> sure. I'll just have one good day of eating and then I'll be able to look at those scales because I'll know I've had one good day of eating under my belt. Yeah. Okay, whose do you think that might be? Yeah. That would be mine, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't face those scales this morning. But if I have one good day of eating, yeah. then I know that I can do it, and therefore I'll get on those scales tomorrow. And it doesn't matter what they say because I've had one good day of eating, which sure. means I'm on a roll, right? Sure. Sure. You see how the belief window works? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. So, so you know, we do avoid the the hard stuff, mm. uh, which is a shame because it's dealing with the reality that mm. allows us to move on in integrity. Mm. I had a conversation actually with a young guy the other day um, who's come up with um, looking to come up with a program for particularly fatherless young men. Mm. Um, and one of the things we spoke about was how, when it comes to particularly those negative feelings, and I say air quotes again, podcast people, negative feelings, um, but that if you understand that those are more like signals to say that hey, something's out of balance, um, you can then move toward it and go, well, actually, this is just showing me something that I need to deal with, as opposed to. Uh, and I suppose this is where I'm hitting with the thought about uh, being able to reflect. I'm um, going, oh, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm. I don't like it. Mm. I know what I'll do. I'll turn the music up, mm. put the headphones mm. on, log mm. into this, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. One, one of the ways, uh, it's, it's, it's perhaps a little segued, but has, has relevance. Um, one of the things that we, we teach on the program is the difference between, and these are, these are big words, but I'll explain them, uh, uh, what do we call um, Condemnation mm. and con and Conviction, uh -huh. right? So conviction is when that little still small voice in your head tells you something mm -hmm. that something's not right. Sure. And it could be could be that you're just a little bit off track, or that you've done something wrong, or said something wrong, or whatever. Mm. Okay. And, but you you say to yourself, yeah, yeah, I know that to be true, and I know that I need to do something about that. That's conviction, and uh -huh. that's a wonderful thing yeah. because that's our little moral compass or our little directional sure. compass, which however way it's used. Mm. The condemnation, which a lot of people suffer from, is, yeah, that's where it's at, and I'm useless and hopeless, and I'll never get out of this, and that's mm. just me, and I'm powerless to do anything about it. Mm. That is a terrible, terrible well, thing yeah. to put on yourself. It's a real condemnation. It's real condemning you as yes. a person. Yeah. But we have to learn to differentiate between the between the condemnation and the conviction is to mm. not let that thing overwhelm you to the point where you feel powerless to do anything. Yeah. Um, even if you don't know how to move on from a situation, somebody can help. Yeah. You perhaps need a sounding board or mm. a different opinion or a professional's opinion or mm. some somebody who says, yeah, I've been there. I, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Hey, and this is what I did. Yeah. You don't have to do that exact thing, but let me just tell you it's possible. Sure. So we need good people around us. Mm. We need to not just only be surrounded by our peers who have limited wisdom, mm. limited experience of life, in fact, the same as us, mm. but to really have uh, get good at cross-generational cross contact mm. so that you, are, you have good, healthy relationships that may not be your parents, mm. but with someone or multiple people that mm. you can have a good chin wag with and, and, and sound out. Uh, and let and, and it's a safe place. I mean yeah. that you know that's the original intention of the godparent. Mm. Apart, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, apart yeah. from apart from the fact that the godparent is, is meant to guide you spiritually if something happens to your parents, sure, they're meant to be someone who's got your back. 
Yeah, right. Somebody who seriously uh, believes in you, who will commit to you for life, mm. for, for their life, mm. and who who will uh, see you see you do well spiritually, not just not just a, a spiritual, but emotionally to, yeah. be, to take care, help you take care. So we need a godmother, we need mm. a godfather, we need the aunt, the uncle, the extended whanau, or somebody in the space that can can bring that added wisdom to us. Yeah. I've always had someone in my life like that because I didn't have a mum. Mm, mm. But I had a business, uh, she was a, a business colleague, but she was uh, someone who had a vested interest in me when I was 22. And she said to me, when I was really, really sad, when Simon and I were separated and uh, I was in a very dark place. And she said to me, Yvonne, don't wish life was smaller. Mm. Don't, don't wish your problems were smaller. Don't right. wish life was easier. Yeah. She said, you need to get, get, bigger. get bigger. And that's Jim Rowan saying. Okay. And it's in my new book. Um, so Jim Rowan always said, look, you, you know, you can't control the seas of life, but yeah. you can set your sail. You can right. adjust your sail. Mm. And so he was saying, look, life is what it is. Mm. And we always want to minimize our problems and sure. minimize anything that would harm us. But instead, if we take the attitude, well, why don't I just get bigger? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't I just expand my resilience? Why don't I just sure. expand my ability to problem solve? Why don't mm. I just expand my people skills and my leadership skills mm. um, and my vision? Yeah. And if I do that, the problems will be smaller in comparison with my ability. Yes. And that's what started me off. So at that age of 22, I started reading and listening mm. to good material. And just like this podcast... I've been doing that now for over 40 years mm. for an average of half an hour to an hour a day, six days a week. Wow. I probably miss one or two days here and there, Yeah. but I don't miss too many. Yeah. I needed that. I was so vulnerable. I was so fragile. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not as fragile and vulnerable today, but I'm, st I'm still very aware of my limitations. Mm very mm. aware of my limitations and know how easily I can be wounded and how I can wound others. Yeah. So that that is something that I think each person has to take on as a personal lifelong responsibility is to grow themselves. Yeah, yeah. And So one thing that I wanted to make sure we speak on, we've talked for 48 minutes, Yvonne. You've talked for 48 minutes, I've just listened. That's true, I'm sorry. <laughs> I do go on a bit. Um, one of the thoughts I had too was particularly with this with this wealth of wisdom here, it'd be mm. great to get your perspective too on how you do help the person who at this point yes. doesn't seem to know or accept that they need help. Um, that's how we end up overcommitted in a lot of relationships or again, somebody with a, a child who seems to be heading down the wrong path. You identify that a person needs to, that part of that formula is that they need to, within themselves, recognize something needs to happen. But what about for that person who, again, we see someone who needs help, making poor choices, but they're not in that point of admitting that. Mm. How do we as their mm. friends, family, mm. support network, what do we do? Mm. What can we do? Is there anything we can do? Depends. I, I think you, you depends how you convey that to them. Okay. If they know you're coming from a position of wisdom and love, mm -hmm. they're much more likely to receive it, but it might not be the time that they're willing to do anything about it. Okay. Some people have to store that knowledge away in the back, on the back burner mm -hmm. until they're triggered by an event that, right. that is the catalyst that mm. says, okay, now I need to do something. Mm. Particularly in a case of addiction, mm -hmm. if you have somebody who's got an addiction and they're not willing to deal with it, there's little you can do, but uh, but you, what you can do is stop compensating. Mm. Uh, most people who get into a really bad place for a very long time, who have got got a hardened attitude towards it, yeah. uh, are being supported. Uh -huh. That's why they've been able to go for so long. Mm. So we've we've got to re we've got to remove the support. Mm for the bad behavior or the bad outcomes, right? Yeah. So it can be a parent that's financially supporting a young person who shouldn't be, mm -hmm. but he'll be sleeping on the street. And I said, oh, someone will chuck him a blanket, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. But you're suggesting that I move his belongings out and put them onto the lawn. Yeah, I'll help you. <laughs> but I get a tarpaulin so they don't get wet. Hey, are, you, are you serious? I said, yes, and then change the locks. Yeah, gosh. Your home is no longer to be used and abused in that way. Because that shows us, I suppose, as well, that to a lot of those weaknesses as well that are coming up in our kids. Do you ever have this awkward combo where you're saying, well, you realize one of the reasons your child is like this is directly because of your um, actions 
beliefs one way or another. I'm very careful how I say that. Well, naturally, because you're they're already well, 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 <laughs> well, well sometimes you know they're, they're already hurting. Yeah. yeah. Mostly, what they say is, "I've caused this, haven't I?" Wow. I've I've facilitated this. Yes. Mm. Well, you've been the unpaid servant in the banker for so long. It's mm. just become part of the way you do things. There's a great saying that that each man should carry his own load, but we are to bear each other's burdens. Mm. So I'm not against helping uh, anybody mm. when the load is too big, but mm. it's meant to be temporary. Okay. Yeah. What happens with a lot of us is that we'll we see someone in need, mm. we take over that need, mm. and and with a heart of compassion. Mm. But very quickly, the heart of compassion becomes compensation. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So, and and usually we don't see where it's switched from one to the other. Mm. So there's it's timing and it's it's delicate and you've got it. Sometimes it's a it's a gamble and it's a risk. Is this person now able to cope or am I am I willing to let them suffer the consequences? Mm-hmm. Because for a parent, that very much can be. Mm. Well, sometimes the again the the behaviour or the whatever of the of the child is really a, a verdict that they play on themselves right i know i'm a good person because little timmy is yeah xyz yeah um and so when that's at risk of falling over the parent doesn't like it yeah can't because because it's part of their identity yeah yes and particularly uh and i experienced this a number of times where young people won't study okay and they've they're at expensive private schools or at university right okay. and the parent is beside themselves Yes. And my answer is, well, if this is at school, well, yeah. they're not doing well in year, year 13, for example. Uh-huh. Okay. So if he doesn't pass, yes. what will happen? Well, he, he won't get into the university. And here's the, in, in inverted commas, I want him to get into. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wouldn't hurt that kid if he had a year working as a builder's labourer to mm. actually figure out what work ethic is. Yeah. It won't hurt him. Huh. Okay, be one year later going to university. Would that be a big problem? Right. No. Right. And he had to do night school to catch up and to get the pass. Mm. Look, we ha- eventually people have to carry their own load. Mm-hmm. The, the, the kind thing is, is to equip people so that they can mm. and to create space mm. so that they can. Mm. But if you've micromanaged, mm. then you've not created space. If you've, sure. if you've I've, I've got parents right now who are, um, the, the, the kids will get up from the dinner table mm-hmm. and they go straight to their rooms to study mm-hmm. because their workload is so great. And of course, mm-hmm. mum's doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. And I get that. Mm. But somewhere along the line, that will morph into other things. Okay. Where mum's doing everything. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I question, can they not spend 10 minutes to help clean up? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not sure that where that extra 10 minutes is going to actually make the difference in their grades but the the, the fact that they're getting up from the table and they can't even clear their plate Mm. to me that's got bigger ramifications Mm. do you you understand what i'm saying i do i do so we've got to be really uh, honest about what is the load and what is the burden okay when do we step in how do we step in for how long do we step in and when do we step out yeah and how do we do that? Mm. So these are all uh, fairly provocative questions that I put to parents. Yeah. And I go to, to, the, to the home so I can see what's going on because mm-hmm. it gives me the best feeling of the atmosphere, the dynamics of the family and so on. Mm. Um, and, and I think, too, uh, one of the big things, we've got to simplify our lives. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all putting too much on ourselves. We've got too much stuff. If your room's constantly a mess, it's because you've got too much stuff. <laughs> I love it. You've yep. got too much stuff and you've got nowhere to put it. Yeah. So, so let's create simple techniques that, that actually make life easier. Let's not create more and more hazards, mm. more and more obstacles that just make it hard to do life. Yeah. Speaking with one woman today and her kids are studying, it's a Sunday. Mm. And then she told me what else they were doing. And at the end of it, she said, I think they're doing a bit too much. You know, they're on the debating team. They're on this. They're playing soccer. They're doing this. Yeah. And I'm thinking, and one of the kids, it's his birthday today, and he's studying. And I yeah. thought, gee, <laughs> somehow yeah. we've got the balance wrong. Sure, yeah. Haven't we? Yeah. I, I'm not sure that that's, that's, I think that's all counterproductive. Yeah. 
Yep. So learning how to manage yourself, learning what your capacity is, learning what, how you manage and at your pace, not at somebody else's and not comparing yourself with other people all the time. Mm. These are all things that, that they learn. Mm. Uh, and, and as I say, they learn it in principle on, on Miomo. Yeah. It has to be worked out over mm. the process of the weeks and months that follow. Mm. Um, so these 52 principles are now from about the 1st of May. They will be embedded in, on the Miomo uh, uh, email, uh, Facebook page, I should say, mm. one a week. For, this way, there's 52. Okay, yeah. And we'll have discussions around that. Yeah, great. You want to talk about yeah. that. You want to talk about, um, I don't know, time management, or do you want to talk about money, or mm. uh, how not to pick up the tab for your friends, and mm. how do you say no when somebody asks to borrow mm. money from you? Mm. How, how, how do we handle all these things? Mm. And so every week, there'll be discussions on that, which yeah. embeds the program yeah. on a constant basis. And I'm hoping that that will just give them that extra, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an extension of the classroom sure. on, on social media. I think it'll be a great benefit to them. Look, I'm honestly, I'm actually thinking this is something I'm going to read for myself anyway. Yep. Um, You'll get a copy. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Um, but it's an interesting trend I've noticed. I don't know if you've seen this through kind of social media and stuff as well, but there's a bit of a running gag that comes up every now and then with different posts and videos that come up talking about uh, um, adulting. I don't want to do any adulting today. I don't want to have to adult today. Um, and I honestly, as I, as I think about even for myself as well, you know, you don't want to think that, you know, when you've, I'm 36 by the way, um, <laughs> when you get to 36, you think, oh, no, no, because I've kind of, you know, I, I don't want to be in a place where I say, oh, maybe I don't have some of these skills that I should have picked up when I was 15. Um, but I'm just aware, you know, that we're not learning, a lot of these things are not being passed on. Um, and we do go through life with an assumption of, well, this is the way it is and this is the way it has to be. And until you see someone share, mm. actually, it can be different than this, uh, then we go, oh, okay. Um, so it's, it's And it's simple, Andrew, and yeah. it makes sense. And when you read these short chapters that are literally two minutes, plus there's a pullout in each one. So there's not only there's the title catchy, yeah. there's the, the main principles pulled out as well. Yeah. So it's quick read. Mm. Uh, you, you'll just absolutely fast track yeah. any area of your life. Mm. Mm. that you're struggling with mm. you don't have to struggle because I, I believe that one of my gifts is the art of manescence you know what that means oh i love that word i have heard it before but i, I must admit the okay. definition has escaped me min for minimize mm -hmm. or minimal yeah. um essence the essence of it so yeah. it's taking s complex subjects and making them simple mm-hmm and that is what i spend a lot of time how can i make this simple and relevant for young people yeah how can I bring the absolute core, the absolute essence of the subject and mm. put it in a way that they go, got it, yeah, got it, thank you, cool. got it. I love it. I right? love it. And that yeah. way we're cutting through all the clutter and say, let's just focus on, if we just focus on these 52, sure, uh, you'll, you'll be so excited about your potential. Yeah. And that is, by the way, that is everything. Mm. It's, it's, it's the... It's the journey you're on. If you, if you can see that you're moving forward, it mm. doesn't matter how fast you are, you're mm. making progress. Yeah. Progress, not perfection. Yeah. And that's all, I just think happiness is the direction. Mm. Mm. And so th that's what I get excited about. When each day you're having one small win. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So last question. What does success look like for you now then with this, with the books that are out and the, uh, the wisdom that you're sharing, what's going to be that mark that says for Yvonne Godfrey, yep, this is, this is hitting it? We need to reach more people. Mm -hmm. So on this next Miomo program, we've got observers coming from South Africa, mm -hmm. two lots of people, one want to take the program back to South Africa and one to Australia. Mm -hmm. We'll go international with the program uh, and get it out there, out and about. I speak at schools and conferences, and I see myself long-term as I probably won't be teaching on the Miyamo program, mm. but I will be advising and being a sounding board and um, a consultant, if you like, mm. to a lot of youth organizations mm -hmm. who are coming from different angles. We're, we're, we're covering the whole gambit of needs through different, different organizations, and I would love to be a resource to those leaders. Mm. So that uh, I just want to see the whole youth movement strengthen. I want to see people collaborate. Mm. I want to see people, see people stop reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. You know, there's already um, a, a, an organization called Big Buddy for fatherless boys. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yep. Why start another one? Mm. 
where's the gap there? Get behind mm. it. Fill mm. the gap if there's a gap. Because mm. obviously you've seen something different. But I'm, I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying we can have a lot of little ones or we can have some bigger ones that have massive impact because they've, sure. they've got a range of people across it covering every facet that's needed. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I see. Um, I just want to stay relevant to young people and to their parents. Um, mm. strengthen, really my overarching banner is to strengthen families yeah. because when if a young person's unhappy, everybody's unhappy. <laughs> parents sure. are stressed and worried. That affects yeah. their work. Mm. Uh, it affects the other siblings. I remember um, someone once saying, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. That's incredible. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Can I use that? Oh, all yours. Oh, good. <laughs> just remember you heard it here first, Yeah, right? exactly. Right. We'll just delete this part out of the final cut. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I mean I'm don't know where this is all going to end up, but I do know that I'm ready for some big impact now. Yeah. And so I'm excited. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you about either the books or mm-hmm. um, obviously the, the wisdom that you have to share in whatever capacity, mm-hmm. what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, they can email me on Yvonne, mm-hmm. Y-V-O-N-N-E, at miomo, M-I-O-M-O dot co dot N-Z. They can phone me on 027-249-5444. And of course, go to the Miomo website, miomo.com. Yvonne, when you have a television show, I'm going to be in the audience. <laughs> Oh, somebody get that woman a TV show, though. Seriously, for the sake of humanity, for the sake of the children. Um, I'd totally watch it, though. Uh, Okay, little inside fact. I've tried to record this outro probably about 10 times because I am struggling to find how to sum up how I felt about that. Um, It was just one of those things where I realized it was best to make space for Yvonne and let her talk because she has such wisdom to share. So... I really hope you did enjoy that as much as I did. You can go to Miomo, uh, the Miomo website, to uh, find out more about what she's up to. Now, that Miomo, in case you're forgetting how to spell it, stands for Making It On My Own. M-I-O-M-O, all right? Bit of an acronym going on there. Uh, but that's all from me this week. Uh, you can get in touch with me as well, remember, via the Andrew Curtis Show at gmail.com. That was good fun. Who knows who we'll talk to next? I sure don't. Let's find out. Let's find out.